This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that allows you to control and manage your own healthcare and choose any doctor or hospital in the nation. If you're a freedom-loving American looking for contract-free healthcare, call now, 855-585-4237, or go to libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT for more information, libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. This is Janet Mefford today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the word of God says it, I believe it. And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Welcome, everybody, and what a speech at CPAC. President Trump, boy, he hasn't lost any of his momentum, I don't think. And granted, the crowd at CPAC tends to be very, very conservative, and everybody's trying to say in the media, oh, well, you know, of course, these crazies at CPAC would love Trump. I'm just curious to know how many people watching at home were cheering along with the crowd uh, when all of these things were coming out of his mouth over the course of, oh, man, a long speech. I don't know how he has that much energy to just go on and on and on, but he's been doing it for, obviously, the last four years when he was president. He would go around to all of these rallies and just has an incredible energy, especially when you compare him to the current president, who's where right now? I don't even know. Does anybody know if Joe Biden is in bed? I'm not really sure what's going on with Unbelievable. I I mean, and it's so funny to see the media freaking out, really, when they don't have Trump to cover. They don't know what to do with themselves. For the last four years, they have spent all of this time entertaining themselves by going after Trump and just following along anything the DNC wants them to say and do. And now that Trump is gone, all they can still do is talk about Trump. And the second impeachment failed, all they can still do is talk about Trump. Because otherwise, they'd have to talk about Biden and he's in bed. So what are you going to say about Biden? He's asleep. Let, the, let him sleep. He has sleeping to do. I mean, we're only the most, uh, you know, we're only the biggest superpower in the world, but let Biden sleep because that's what 80 million people voted for, right? Joe Biden. We wanted somebody who's completely sleepy and cognitively impaired to be president because that's the kind of energy level that the American presidency requires. I don't think so. But let's get into some of President Trump's speech, he started out by saying, did you miss me yet? And yeah, you know, everybody's going crazy. Yeah, I I think after listening to this speech, I think it's pretty clear millions of Americans miss him. But he did make a very big announcement because many people have wondered whether or not President Trump would found his own party. That's been kind of going through the rumor mill for a few months in the wake of everything that's gone on with the election and the impeachment and the insanity of the left, and especially the turncoats in the rhino establishment of the GOP. Would it be the case that President Trump would try to take on a new project post-presidency and actually found a new party? This is what he said, cut one. The brave Republicans in this room will be at the heart of the effort to oppose the radical Democrats, the fake news media, and their toxic cancel culture. Something new to our ears, cancel culture. And I want you to know that I'm going to continue to fight right by your side. We will do what we've done right from the beginning, which is to win. We're not starting new parties. You know, they kept saying, He's going to start a brand new party. We have the Republican Party. It's going to unite and be stronger than ever before. I am not starting a new party. That was fake news. 
I'm very, very glad, by the way, not that it surprised me, that announcement, but I'm very glad to hear that President Trump is taking that position because I do think that it would be a disaster if anybody tried to, st- tried to start a third party. Third parties never work, first of all. You already have the organization, the infrastructure, the recognition of what the party stands for. It's been a longstanding party. You'd split the vote, too, and that's something else that he mentioned during the course of his speech. Why would you want to split the vote? You just make sure you'd never win again. And I think he really hit on to something there when he says, we have the Republican Party. And boy, is that right? We have the Republican Party. One of the things that has been so significant in having President Trump in office in the previous four years has been the way he has ignited the enthusiasm of the base. And that has been missing for years. I don't think I've seen this kind of enthusiasm, at least since Ronald Reagan. That was the last time that really and truly people were excited about a president in this way, a good president, I should say. There has been enthusiasm for some bad presidents from people who are on the side of, well, let's just say the left. Uh, They can feel the way they feel. But, you know, I happen to love my country. I happen to love the United States of America. And I don't want to see it fail and I don't want to see it crumble. And I'm glad when we have a president who comes along and says, God bless America and we love America because millions of us still love America, too. Now, here's President Trump really digging in on Joe Biden. And I have to say, it's always been the policy up until the last few years of the, the, the previous presidents not saying anything negative about the sitting presidents. But, I mean, we can just all agree, can't we, that that rule went out the window at the behest of the Democrats because o- Obama came forward and said stuff about Trump, obviously, and we had uh, George W. Bush coming forward sometimes and making remarks, and I guess that rule is gone. So Trump jumped right in. This is cut two. Joe Biden has had the most disastrous first month of any president in modern history. That's true. Already the Biden administration has proven that they are anti-jobs, anti-family, anti-borders, anti-energy, anti-women, and anti-science. In just one short month, we have gone from America first to America last. Totally right. Right on the money about that. That's exactly what's gone on. And this one really got the attention of the left. I loved that President Trump got on to Joe Biden for the policy of everything that is driving the Equality Act, in particular, the issue of transgenders, men who believe they're women, being allowed into women's sports through this Equality Act. Listen to this great cut. This is cut three. Joe Biden and the Democrats are even pushing policies that would destroy women's sports. A lot of new records are being broken in women's sports. Hate to say that, ladies, but... Got a lot of new records. They're being shattered. You know, for years, the weightlifting, every ounce is like a big deal for many years. All of a sudden, somebody comes along and beats it by a hundred pounds. Boom, boom. Now, young girls and women are incensed that they are now being forced to compete against those who are biological males. It's not good for women. It's not good for women's sports, which worked so long and so hard to get to where they are. The records that stood for years, even decades, are now being smashed with ease. Smashed. If this does not change, women's sports, as we know it, will die. They'll end. It'll end. He's right. Women's sports are going to end. They are going to end. 
if you don't have people who are brave enough to stand up and call a spade a spade. And I was glad to see President Trump saying that. And it makes me really mad, just as an aside, when I think about all of the liberals who are in evangelicalism as leaders trying to talk about, oh, terrible Trump, terrible Trump. Really? Well, the House passed the Equality Act. So good for you guys. Glad that you were trying to get evangelicals to get away from their loss of principles, as you never Trumpers like to say, and vote for the Democrat because, boy, what a fireball he is. And let's see, he's canceled the Keystone XL pipeline and he is trying to destroy the oil and gas industry and he's opening up the borders and the transgender issue is now, you know, we're all supposed to just accept this. Aaron Ruper over at Vox, if you ever follow Vox, you know who I'm talking about here. He put out on Twitter, Trump claims that trans women are biological males. Claims? Claims that they're biological males. So are you really trying to say that these guys who are transgender, which by definition means switching sexes, even though you can't literally do that, but you can at least be deceived into thinking that you can do it by having some kind of hormone treatment or some kind of mutilating surgery somewhere on the East Coast somewhere or California, claims that trans women are biological males. I have news for you, Aaron Ruper. Trans women don't exist. Biological males who are confused about their gender exist. And we're trying to upend all of the culture of women's and girls sports in order to accommodate a very few confused people. You know who's really confused? You guys. And he goes on to say the transphobic part of Trump's CPAC speech gets a big standing ovation. Republicans remain big on bigotry. No, we're big on reality. That's what we're big on. We're big on reality to look at a guy and say, hmm, that's a guy. Like Dr. Levine, he's a guy. He's a man. He's a confused man, but he's a man. I don't care how long his blonde hair gets. He's a man. Sorry, (laughs) there's nothing you can do to change my mind. You can't even put up a table with change my mind on the front. It won't work. We'll be coming back. Stay with us. Hi, this is Janet Mefford. We're partnering with Bible League International on Open the Floodgates Bibles for Africa. In many parts of countries like Kenya, Tanzania, and Mozambique, nine of 10 Christians are denied God's word by corrupt governments and majority religions. They've never been able to read 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. Reading that promise of God means everything to you and me. And now it will mean so much to these bible Christians in Africa when you respond. Here's Pastor Abel. I've seen people being changed by reading the scripture. Giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. $5 sends one Bible, $100 sends 20, and a limited time match will double your gift and help us meet our goal of sending 1,500 Bibles to Africa. Please call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or there's an Open the Floodgates banner at JanetMefford.com. Call now, 800-YES-WORD. 
Hi, this is Janet Mefford. If you're in need of a new healthcare program, but you missed the open enrollment deadline in December, it's not too late. A special enrollment period is taking place now through May 15th. During this time, you can enroll in the healthcare program of your choice without the need for a qualifying event. This means you can now enroll in a healthcare sharing program from Liberty HealthShare with memberships for individuals, couples, and families. You can find a variety of options to best suit your medical needs. Plus, you really can choose the doctor and hospital of your choice. Best of all, membership options start for as low as $199 a month. More than 200,000 Americans trust Liberty HealthShare for their health care needs. What are you waiting for? Discover more about the power of sharing at libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT today. For more information, call 855-585-4237, 855-585-4237 or libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT, libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. All right. Rocking and rolling over at CPAC. President Trump hasn't lost it. Not that he would have lost it in the short time that he's been kind of on the sidelines. And boy, I, I for one, have missed hearing from him. I really have. And I think millions of Americans agree. It's it's nice to know that there are still millions of Americans who love this country and have not given up hope. And I think he's very good at rallying the troops. He did it for quite a long time yesterday. I want to get into some more of this audio though from President Trump's speech, talking about Joe Biden and ripping Joe Biden on the transgender issue. It well deserved uh, ripping Joe Biden on the issue of going from America first to America last in one short month. Totally deserved. And then he went after. President Biden for canceling the Keystone XL pipeline, also well-deserved. This is cut for. And in one of his first official acts, which was incredible because, again, he talked about energy. He never said he was going to do this. He canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, destroying not the 8,000 or the 9,000 or the 11,000 jobs that you hear, but 42,000 great paying jobs on just about day one, right? He never talked about that during a debate. Because he wouldn't have gotten away with it. Well, he would have, because they cheated so much, it probably wouldn't have. Done. No, but that was not a topic of conversation, remember? Fracking, you can frack. Oh, we love fracking. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that during the debates when he especially was honing in on Pennsylvania and Texas. And President Trump was trying to convince Pennsylvanians he's going to destroy your jobs. Well, he was telling the truth, wasn't he? And I wonder how many people are looking at the rising gasoline prices at their local gas stations and going, hey, wait a minute, what's just happened here? I thought it was going to be about equity and my gas prices are going up. Well, why do you think your gasoline prices are going up? Figure it out, folks. You can't try to destroy the fossil fuel industry and expect to see low gasoline prices. Because now, I guess, in the interest of climate change, we have to take all of the oil and gas and put it into vehicles and some kind of transportation methods to get the oil from other countries and bring it to the United States, even though we could be getting it from our own land. You know, that would actually make sense. We don't want to make sense. I mean, why would we want to do that? 
No, Joe Biden is confused. And so 330 million people have to be confused along with him. And praise the Lord that a lot of us are not fooled. Something else he honed in on. President Trump addressed the issue of what Joe Biden's position on opening the schools has been. As you know, in many areas, you have kids who are still not going back to schools fully. Chicago Public Schools being one example of that. And we know why. It's because of the teachers unions and the fact that the Democrats are in the back pocket of the teachers unions who don't want to reopen the schools. And I was glad to see President Trump comment on that. This is Cut 5. The Biden administration is actually bragging about the classroom education they are providing to migrant children on the border, while at the same time, millions of American children are having their futures destroyed by Joe Biden's anti-science school closures. Think of it. We're educating students on the border, but our own people, the children of our citizens, citizens themselves, are not getting the education that they deserve. There's no reason whatsoever why the vast majority of young Americans should not be back in school immediately. The only reason that most parents do not have that choice is because Joe Biden sold out America's children to the teachers unions. His position is morally inexcusable. You know that. Joe Biden has shamefully betrayed America's youth And he is cruelly keeping our children locked in their homes. No reason for it whatsoever. They want to get out. Right. It is morally inexcusable. What's really funny is trying to watch Kamala, the vice president, uh, Vice President Harris, I guess we need to call her, try to giggle her way through interviews when point blank asked by people like Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show as she was recently. No, really. Why why aren't you opening the schools? Oh, we have a plan. Ha ha ha. These people are not serious people. They don't care about kids. They're even the whole thing of the migrant kids, too. I guess the cages are back. But when Joe Biden does it, it's perfectly fine. And and when Obama actually is the one who instituted that entire process, that was fine. But if Trump puts kids in cages, AOC has to show up on the border fake crying. Well, where is she now? I don't know. I don't know. She's coming to Texas and handing out water bottles because... You know, it's been 70 degrees here for the last week and a half, but okay, whatever. I guess if you're a Democrat, you can just get away with that kind of stuff. Now, this was probably my favorite moment in this speech. And if you didn't hear this, I'm going to play it for you so you can hear it in context. Former President Trump calling out every GOP member of the House and Senate who voted to impeach or remove him from office. This was really incredible. Listen to cut six. Now more than ever is the time for tough, strong, and energetic Republican leaders who have spines of steel. We need strong leadership. We cannot have leaders who show more passion for condemning their fellow Americans than they have ever shown for standing up to Democrats, the media, and the radicals who want to turn America into a socialist country. Instead of attacking me, and more importantly, the voters of our movement, Top establishment Republicans in Washington should be spending their energy in opposing Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, and the Democrats. I've said to some of them, I said, you know, during the Obama years and now during Biden, if you spent the same energy on attacking them, you'd actually be successful, as you do on attacking me in many cases. The Democrats don't have grandstanders like Mitt Romney, Little Ben Sass. Richard Burr, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Pat Toomey. And in the House, 
Tom Rice, South Carolina. Adam Kinzinger. Dan Newhouse. Anthony Gonzalez, that's another beauty. Fred Upton, Jamie Herrera Butler. Peter Meyer, John Katko, David Valadeo, and of course the warmonger, a person that loves seeing our troops fighting, Liz Cheney. How about that? <laughs> the good news is in her state, she's been censured, and in her state, her poll numbers have dropped faster than any human being I've ever seen. <laughs> Unbelievable. And did you know that Trump already has endorsed a primary challenger to Anthony Gonzalez, one of the representatives he mentioned there, the one from Ohio, one of the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach him back in January. And Trump has now endorsed Max Miller, who is a former White House aide, challenging Gonzalez. (laughs) It's great. I think he's going to do the kingmaker thing. I really do. I think he's going to go through and find a bunch of people to do these primary challenges to all those people he named, including Little Ben Sass. I laughed at that one. I really had to laugh at that one. I, I Every one of these people should be primaried. I fully believe that. Now, let's go back to something else the president said about the differences between the Democrat and the GOP parties. Quite interesting. Cut seven. Their party is based upon unvarnished disdain for America, its past, and its people. You see that happening. It's horrible the way they treat the legacy of our country, the culture of our country. Our party is based on love for America and the belief that this is an exceptional nation blessed by God. We take great pride in our country. We teach the truth about history. We celebrate our rich heritage and national traditions. We honor George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, and all national heroes. And of course, we respect our great American flag. Uh, Just a little excerpt there of a long chant of we love you, we love you. You know what? These are people who love the United States and love a president, in this case, a former president, who will stand up and say, we stand with George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and Thomas Jefferson. Of course we do. We're Americans. And anybody who doesn't stand with those great founders and those great men who have made this country what it is should be ashamed of themselves. What about big tech? He got that in, too. Listen to cut eight. Now there is no debate because they refuse to allow our side to even speak or be heard. They don't want debate because we have easy victories in a debate. Very easy victories. It's called common sense. It's called other things, but it's called common sense. So they don't want a debate. The time has come to break up big tech monopolies and restore fair competition. Republicans, conservatives must open up our platforms and repeal Section 230 liability protections. And if the federal government refuses to act, then every state in the union where we have the votes, which is a lot of them, big tech giants like Twitter, Google and Facebook should be punished with major sanctions whenever they silence conservative voices. And Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida and in Texas and in other states are doing this. If they do what they're doing, Florida, 
And that legislation will pass. And Texas and others will have tremendous power to do what's right and what's fair. Excellent. And finally, one last cut. This is nine. Together in the coming years, we will carry forward the torch of American liberty. We will lead the conservative movement and the Republican Party back to a totally conclusive victory. And we've had tremendous victories. Don't ever forget it. With your help, we will take back the House. We will win the Senate. And then a Republican president will make a triumphant return to the White House. And I wonder who that will be. I wonder who that will be. Who, who, who will that be? I wonder. (laughs) I think it's going to be Ron DeSantis. That's who I think it will be. I think President Trump is going to be too old in four years. And I think he's been through enough. And I think he's got a great position as a kingmaker. And why not? But stay tuned. It's not over yet. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that allows you to control and manage your own healthcare and choose any doctor or hospital in the nation. If you're a freedom-loving American looking for contract-free healthcare, call now, 855-585-4237, or go to libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT for more information, libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. This is Janet Mefford today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Welcome back. One of the most disheartening realities in our culture today, among many, is that there is a lot of money to be made in sexual exploitation. And it's not just pornographers that we need to worry about, it's also those major corporations and other kinds of entities that help normalize sexual exploitation and sometimes make a lot of money doing it. The National Center on Sexual Exploitation has just released its 2020. 21 Dirty Dozen list, revealing those institutions that need to be confronted on this issue so they will start to promote and uphold human dignity. Wouldn't that be nice? We're going to find out more about this list now from Lena Nealon, who is Director of Corporate and Strategic Initiatives for the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. So good to have you with us, Lena. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. Right. Now, you are highlighting on this list, obviously, a dozen mainstream institutions that you've said facilitate, normalize, and even benefit from sexual exploitation. What kinds of things are we talking about here in terms of what they are doing that is inadvisable, at least, and horrifying at worst? Right. So as you said, these are the mainstream entities, right? Like we're talking about corporations that you and I both use on a weekly, if not daily basis, you know, Amazon, Google, Twitter, um, Netflix. And when we're saying sexual exploitation, we're talking about child sex abuse, rape, sexual objectification, prostitution, pornography, and even sex trafficking. And you may ask, you know, how are these mainstream corporations doing so? And, you know, it's a combination. It's, a, it's poor policies or lack of enforcement of what's on paper. Um, sometimes the platform design itself is made um, so that predators can easily access children and vulnerable people. 
Um, others are providing the infrastructure for abusive entities. Mm-hmm. For example, Wish advertises with MindGeek, which is one of the largest um, sexual abusers in the world. And sometimes it's just by turning a blind eye in order to protect the bottom line. Right. So when you're talking about WISH, let's talk about WISH. I had not really been familiar with this particular organization until I uh, looked at your website, but this is actually a shopping website, an app used by, what, about a half a billion people. This is a very big entity indeed. Yeah, it's one of the top 10 retail shopping websites, very popular with young people, very popular globally. Um, and so they are one of the few mainstream corporations that are working with MindGeek. So again, MindGeek is the parent company of Pornhub. They own hundreds of hardcore pornography sites, which, as we know, um, host not only images of, but actual videos of child sex abuse, sexual assault, um, and of course, you know, the, the violence and incest and racism that's inherent in the industry. So Wish is one of their top advertisers. And we just heard that MindGeek, MindGeek was called by the Canadian Parliament to testify um, in front of the Ethics Committee. And the MindGeek executive said that 50% of their revenue comes from advertising. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to dismantle the infrastructure of the porn industry. So that's why one of the reasons why Wish is on there. Wish also sells um, spy cams specifically marketed in their pictures by cams showing videos of um, women in showers. So, Ugh. you know, they're promoting purchasing non-consensually, you know, <sighs> webcams for non-consensually shared images. And so, again, when you put that together with the fact that, you know, you're on MindGeek, you're watching these images, and then up, up pops a Wish ad saying, yeah, go ahead and film, film more women for not, you know, that, without their knowing, you know, and we know that those um, types of videos are hosted on websites. They also have sells sex dolls, many of which look like children. Good grief. What what do you think the reason is that, you know, such a top app and website that is so popular even needs to do business with MindGeek? What is the motivation? Are there not another, you know, million other places where they could actually work and and do their business? Why why even associate with these people? (laughs) I I wish we knew. Um, And again, the only thing that we can um, pretty safely say is that likely they are making a lot of profit from it. Yeah. When you think about the billions of, um, you know, just the billions of dollars that the porn industry generates, I think it's about 150 million visitors to Pornhub every day, right? Wow. So when you think about those numbers and just how pervasive pornography is, um, unfortunately, in society, you know, globally, um, that they they know that they're um, they're going to make a profit, and again have decided to put those profits over people over people's dignity. Oh, it's awful. A couple of other uh, entities that you mentioned on your list is OnlyFans and Seeking Arrangements. I had never heard of Seeking Arrangement. This is a sugar dating platform. I guess this is the thing of sugar daddies and so forth. And what what is going on with these particular entities that you've highlighted? So prostitution is the oldest profession, but it's constantly remarketing itself. And these are two iterations of that. So, yeah, Seeking Arrangement is the most prolific, what's called sugar dating platform, where older men, older you know, established and wealthy men are looking for younger, attractive women. Now, they very specifically market towards college women. During COVID, we saw them market towards teachers. So these two, and, and then OnlyFans, um, 
and, and I'm sorry. So in speaking also, it's just a, a lot of, um, again, euphemisms for what it actually is. And it is prostitution. Yeah. And they're specifically looking for vulnerable populations, um, students being among the most vulnerable in terms of debt and economic um, needs. And OnlyFans um, has really risen through COVID and has really become known for um those in the sex industry. And so this webcamming, pornography, prostitution, people pay a monthly subscription to access this material. And again, it's been largely co-opted by those in the sex industry. But both of these platforms are very popular and well-known with young people. And so um, they're, you know, they're not your mainstream, they're not your Amazon and Google, but we felt it was critical that we put them on the list because they have so, um, their revenues, again, skyrocketed during covid they are predatory corporations that are specifically seeking out um, the vulnerabilities that were only deepened during coronavirus. So, again, we want people to know what's going on with these two platforms. Um, and, again, how, how we know the sex industry is dangerous. It's extremely harmful. But young people are seeing this and buying this idea of um, empowerment and fast cash when Ugh. we know it's anything but. Well, and it breaks your heart because when you think about college girls, for example, during COVID and they may have lost their jobs that were helping them to put th- put them through college and then they say, oh, I got to make a right. quick buck. I mean, it's disgusting that, that these people are taking advantage of these girls who in many cases don't have a lot of options, but certainly shouldn't be selling out their souls in this kind of a way. It's, it, it's really right. exploitative, obviously, but, you know, is there any likelihood that these kinds of sites would take heed to some of the warnings when they're making so much money? Um, with, I would say that with OnlyFans and Seeking Arrangement, um, we, I am not confident that they, they know exactly what they're doing. And so that's what we are calling more on our Department of Justice, Attorneys General, to be investigating them for sex trafficking and child sex abuse material. We know from you know, vast experience that these platforms, wherever the prostitution is happening and happening so openly, um, it creates a market. And sex traffickers are very quick to take advantage of these markets. And we know from survivors, both that have been exploited through seeking arrangement, only fans, um, that, that these things are happening. And um, if you, people might remember Backpage.com, which Department of Justice shut down two years ago for violations of a, a new law prohibiting sex trafficking on online platforms. We're seeing the same things happening with OnlyFans. So, no, I don't think that these two platforms will care what the public says, <laughs> but so we can, we, we can push on you know, the government to enforce. Whereas these other, the other corporations, the more mainstream corporations, they do change. And we have a really fantastic track record, more than 100 major policy changes at these entities. Again, Amazon, Netflix, Google, we've been working with some of them for years. And they have made significant changes in large part because people like your listeners take part in this campaign. We make it very easy for people to act, um, to reach out to the executives you know, as customers and shareholders, and and they do care. I wish that they would um, move faster, given the gravity of these issues, but they do change when they receive some public pushback. Well, that's exactly why we want to highlight this, so people will know what's out there. A lot of parents who have kids may not know about this Dirty Dozen list. We're going to come back with Lynna Nealon, and we'll get into some more of these entities that are exploiting young women and doing all kinds of things they ought not to be doing. We'll come back on Janet Meffer today after this.
Many people in developing nations have no access to desperately needed medical care. That's why Mercy Ships brings volunteers aboard our hospital ship, the Africa Mercy, to give the world's forgotten poor the free medical care they need. We have an immediate need for registered nurses, especially with a pediatric specialty. As a volunteer nurse, you won't just give life-altering health care, you'll receive so much in return. It's an amazingly rewarding experience. You'll give hope and make a difference in the lives of those who have virtually no access to medical aid. It's such a fantastic thing to do. Everybody who I've met on this ship either wants to come back and do it again or they're already here for the second, third, or tenth time. So what are you waiting for? Show mercy to someone today. I would say go for it. Get more information and learn how to apply by visiting mercyships.org forward slash nurses. That's mercyships.org forward slash nurses. When I found out I was pregnant, I was devastated. I had no idea what to do. When a young mom faces an unplanned pregnancy, she's confused and scared. Society tells her that a baby is not a life and offers termination as the best solution. Preborn centers shine light into the darkness by offering young moms in crisis hope, love, and life, and an ultrasound to meet their preborn baby. As soon as I get there, I felt welcome. They gave me the first look at my baby by providing a free ultrasound. Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. Will you join Preborn in helping love and support young moms in crisis? For $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds and help save five babies' lives. To donate, call 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229. All gifts are tax deductible. 855-402-2229 or there's a Preborn banner to click at JanetMefford.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Well, I really appreciate the work of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. They are just out with their 2021 Dirty Dozen list, revealing these institutions that need to be confronted for sexual exploitation. And we've talked about some of these entities. And you had mentioned, Linda Nealon with us, you had mentioned, Linda, before we went to the break about some of these, you know, these some of these apps and so forth, but also these mainstream companies. And some of those have made your list as well. Amazon, for example, what is the problem uh, continuing to be with Amazon and some of the sexual exploitation that is happening due to some of the policies that they are implementing? Yeah, Amazon, you know, world's titan of e-commerce, data storage logistics, also peddling endless amounts of sexual exploitation. Um, This year, we really wanted to call them out for their uh, Amazon's Twitch, which is a streaming service that tripled in size during COVID. They now have 9.2 million active users. A lot of them are young people. It's very popular with um, gamers. And it is rife with sexual harassment, um, grooming, and child sex abuse. Mm -hmm. And Amazon is not putting the proper safeguards in place in order to um, stem the access of, of strangers to children, which again is very frequent um, on Twitch. They also, as an online retailer, are selling thousands of um, uh, hardcore pornography, a lot of it racist, violent. Their incest themes make up about 25 to 30%. We looked at 100 paid recommendations, 25 to 30% were heavily incest themed. Oh. So imagine you're looking, someone's looking for, you know, um, if you put in gifts, stepdaughter gifts. You'll, you'll get necklaces and bracelets and cards. 
And then you'll get daddy's little slut. And this is especially egregious when you think that a third of child sex abusers are family members. And they have a choice of whether or not to keep this on their platforms and they keep them on there. On Amazon Web Services, which most people don't know about, um, but makes up actually the majority of Amazon's profit, um, they are host to thousands of hardcore pornography and prostitution websites including OnlyFans, which we just talked about. So they have a lot of work to do. Um, Luckily, they have removed sex dolls, which we pushed on them to do for all throughout last year. And uh, our researchers, you know, we do collect a lot of proof (laughs) once goes into this list. It's not an arbitrary list. Um, We collect proof. We talk to survivors. They, They have removed sex dolls. So, again, they're showing that they can change. Um, and so, again, got to call them out on it and, and, and press on them. That's awesome that you're doing this. And it's really important because it is that pressure that makes changes. What about Google Chromebooks? This is another entity that you've highlighted. What are they up to? Ah, oh, yes. This is my personal, um, I won't say favorite, but because I'm um, a mom with kids in school, three of my children are in public school and received uh, two received school issued Chromebooks. One received, we bought a Chromebook for her. You know, Alphabet, here's a trillion dollar market cap corporation. Um, Chromebooks doubled in shipments in 2020. They could have done so much more to protect kids even before the pandemic. You know, 40 million students were, and teachers were using Chromebooks, and we know that countless children were harmed by accessing hardcore pornography and Ugh. even being accessed by predators. And we heard of the onset of COVID from um, FBI, Interpol, that online child uh, exploitation was on the rise, and and it you know and it continued to to increase during COVID. But instead of Google deciding to proactively turn on safety features, which They've been telling us for years they would consider. They left it to overwhelmed school districts and families to try to figure out. And to me, this is just unconscionable. They could very easily turn on safety features, um, default all the safety settings, um, and instead, you know, parents have to spend hours and schools have to figure figure this out. Um, and and again, if you're um, you know, marginalized population or in a district that maybe doesn't have the funds to secure Google's administrative help, we know those populations are at greater risk of exploitation as it is. And by Google providing these unsafe devices, they're putting them at even further risk of exploitation. So um, there, we really wanted to highlight Chromebooks in particular just because of COVID, um, it, they became a household necessity and, again, could have done a lot more. Well, yeah, I, and as a mom, I had the same reaction you did when you were getting into all the details there. They considered putting in safety features? I mean, how is that even uh, acceptable to the schools and the school districts? I mean, that kind of makes me mad on that level that the schools would say, oh, well, I guess we'll just take them. It's like, well, well I understand why they need devices, but come on. It, it seems we could get a little bit of agreement on this basic thing that kids should not be targeted by predators when they're using these Chromebooks for school. It's just, it's outrageous. It is outrageous. And it's, you know, they have the safety features, they just don't turn them on. And yeah. again, are expecting, it's, to me, I make the comparison, it's like giving someone a car and then saying, oh, here's the seatbelt, the airbag, and the brakes separately. You know, install them if you want them. And if you want us to help you, you know, you need to pay us. <sighs> and it's just ridiculous. Like, no, you default to safety. You provide the safest, 
safest product possible that gives a lot of good, but is dangerous, just yeah. like a car. Yeah. And then, you know, and then if people want to go through the 30 steps to unlock it to watch pornography, well, then that's on them, right? But I, as a parent, shouldn't have to spend hours and hours and hours trying to figure out how to keep my kids safe when Google could do it very easily. Oh, yeah, that's just unreal. And, and another entity I wanted to get to, because this kind of goes along with what you were just saying, is this EBSCO Information Services. I was not familiar with this one, but they offer online learning resources for schools and libraries. What's going on? This is one that I I really want parents to be aware of because um, it's a bit complicated to understand, but many, many schools have have this service. So imagine they're an online database provider and they they market themselves as age appropriate and curriculum appropriate and, and as a safe alternative to the Internet. So imagine you go to the library. You know, it's, it's, it's big, it's full of all kinds of uh, material, but they're saying, hey, listen, I'm, we're going to give you, it's like the shelf in the third grade classroom, right? It's like, you're going to have National Geographic for your third grader and, you know, books that are appropriate to what you're learning. So they curate this material. But what we have found, and we have extensive evidence that you can see on our site, is that a lot of these databases contain live links to hardcore pornography sites. I I searched the term spanking and it led me to hardcore images right in the material. I was able to access on my third graders locked down Chromebook within 30 seconds of searching pornography in one of these databases led me to images that would be considered under federal law, you know, obscene pornography in middle school when you look up fashion photography. And what's insidious, too, is that um, they they know this is on here. And again, they put the burden on schools to say, well, you remove the material that you think is inappropriate. Um, And the kids can very easily hop from database to database. So and what's hard is they're often called something different. So, for example, in North Carolina, it's called the NC Wise Owl database, and the, the, the state puts together all these databases. So sometimes you don't even see that it's called EBSCO, but it's there. And teachers don't know it's happening. Districts don't know it's happening. And so, again, we feel like we need to elevate this entity that has enormous, enormous influence in our classrooms, just like Google, um, and no one's holding them accountable for what's, what they're providing our children. Yeah, well, this is why this information is so great for parents to have. And and as you mentioned before, Lena, you guys have had some real success in leading to these, you know, victories and getting some of these companies to change their policies and so forth. What do you say to the parents who are listening about how we can get involved and how we can really put some pressure on these companies to make the changes that are necessary to protect our kids? Yes, I do encourage all your listeners, go to dirtydozenlist.com. We make it very easy. You'll see, you can click on each of the entities and it will lead you to the page um, that features them with a bit more, you know, more information. You can look at the proof. Obviously, we blur everything out. We don't want to expose anyone to anything they don't want to see or re-exploit people. Um, And then we have very easy to take action. So literally with one click, you know, you can, we, we write out the emails for you and everything. You can, you know, click, you can edit if you want. Um, going to attorneys general, going to the Department of Education, going to the executives of some of these corporations to say, you know, I, I don't want this. I, you know, you need to change. Um, I, as a customer, I, as a parent, I, as a shareholder, I, as a citizen, um, don't want you, U.S. government, to do something. Want right. you 
co- executives to fix your product. Um, we also offer a lot of resources for parents. Please do visit our site. You know, conversation starters for how to talk about pornography, Wonderful. guidance on you know age-appropriate topics and, and when to start. We link to great ally organizations that also may have more material. Yes. Um, that may be helpful and even things like a downloadable letter you can send to your school PTA. So good. Listen, we've got to run, unfortunately, but again, check it out, dirtydozenlist.com. You can read about all these entities and take action. Lynn and Neilan, thank you so much for the great work you guys do. We really appreciate your being here to inform us about it all. Thank you so much, Janet. My pleasure. You have a great day. We'll see you next time.